My name is Mick, and I basically run a local marketing company called Recliff Marketing Labs. But today is really just a, an open clinic, answer any questions or dive in deep if someone's got a particular problem on their page to go through. Um, and then we'll do initially, in essence, draw up some different models on the screen to sort of orientate yourself on the different parts of Facebook. Uh, but then, yeah, there's no set structure to it. It's just a uh, whatever questions you want to got, any areas you want to focus on, we can do that for the next um, sort of half an hour, 45 minutes type thing. So. Uh, has anyone got a burning question to start off with, or I'll draw some squiggles on the board and explain them. So, here we go. Okay, I, I have the first question that I have is, for example, I, I set up, or somebody helped me set up the, the contact page, and I got 33 likes already, yep. but then I can't find the way to invite people to like my page. How do I do that? Okay, so there's a couple of ways. In the top in the in the menu sections at the top there, so the question was basically, you know, how can you start inviting people to your page uh, to like it? There's an option up there basically that will say invite people, and you'll be able to upload email address or or contact your Facebook connections already from your personal page, and actually send them a message saying, um, you know, come and like that page. So. Invite people to, to be my friends on, on the company side, but I haven't been able to see that option to invite them to actually like the page. Okay. Okay, so one for you to try on the screen. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Come and grab a, a seat there. This is one only. Okay, so look, all anyone that I can't show, or well, anyone's I need a screen for, I'll just write up here, and then when we get back, we'll create our own screen, or maybe share or borrow your laptop to put it up because I don't have the connection for the Mac. Um, and actually look them on the screen. So I'll come back to that one and remind me if I don't. So, um, yeah, anything else? What, what, else, what else do you guys want to cover today? Make it successful. So this is mean you can, you know, like if you put a comment and then thousands of other people comment, how do you get it so it doesn't keep beating at you every time somebody makes a suggestion? Yeah, okay, so notifications. Yep. Yep, so it's in the notification section, so we can look at that. Uh, what else What else do you want to walk away today with a, an idea of? Yes, for example, when I want to, to place a post in the, in the company page, it doesn't allow me to do it directly. I have to do it through my personal one. Yep. Um, so I say personal first. Um, public page or those pages. So we can look at that. Yeah, the comments uh, onto fan pages which are not linked to your profile. So that uh, the person doesn't, you want the link juice to come back to your fan page if you've got an existence. They want to sign a comment. So if you want to go comment on, say, the Morton Bay yeah. Council's page yeah. as the page, so commenting as the business page? Yes, rather than. Yeah. Yeah, cool. But as, as we hear, when you around the table, most people have got a profile page, but they don't go and look at it. Do any of the time with the same sort of photo. Um, and you people just don't want people to get to their profile page. Yeah, so you just want to have a business front. So, yep. That's right. So, um, wait, so ensuring that that still be the case. In other words, it's very easy. Facebook would love you to trip you up so that you, that you get more stuff into your profile page. So they yep. know more about who you are. 
Uh, and so avoiding, trying, you know, avoiding that. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's a, a clear split. Okay, so let's just draw a few things up then to sort of work out where Facebook fits and then come back to the individual questions. So like any the good old Greek uh, pantheon with the different sort of columns. Okay, so that's our business there. And each one of these, if you want to think about these, is a different traffic source for your business. So it could be referrals, um, it could be postcards, it could be signage on the side of a road, and one of these might be Facebook. So in the context of things, Facebook is just one of the sort of pillars or channels that you want to have in your business. You don't want to sort of set your whole business up on Facebook. Uh, so we'll come back to that as far as Facebook page versus a website. Uh, if you're looking at the whole business as a structure, Facebook just fits in one particular part uh, rather than making it too reliant on Facebook because, again, if you think of MySpace or any of those sort of social media sites that sort of have dived off, you know, Facebook might be a 10-year phenomenon and then disappear. And if your whole business is based on Facebook and that's your whole online presence, then if all the crowd moves to something else, then you're stuck with, um, you know, with a, a loss of audience and loss of impact there because you just purely build on Facebook. So you really want to have multiple sort of things going on. So that's the context. Facebook's just going to be one part of it. Um, the other idea to think of is to get new customers, it's very hard just to go out on the street and get a, a new customer as an entity or as a person. So to kind of break it down from that is you need two things. You need traffic and conversions. Okay, and that's going to equal your customer. So here we're talking, you know, we have 1,000 people to our Facebook page, to our website, to our flyer, whatever it is, and if we can convert, you know, 10% or whatever that conversion rate is, that's going to give us our customers. So it's very hard just to go out and, and grab a, a new customer. You've got to go to step back a couple of steps and initially get some traffic and then kind of have some kind of conversion ratio of turning that initial traffic, whatever the source is, into customers. So Facebook sort of plays in part of these things. So initially, really, we're kind of looking at more on the, on the traffic side. So we're going to use Facebook as a traffic source to actually get people to our business page or to our offer or back to our website, whatever it is, uh, and use it there. And I guess if you look on the engagement side, when we're getting people coming back to our page, we're having conversations and they're commenting and liking on posts and things like that, it's a little bit of the conversion, but really this is sort of the front end stuff we're talking about Facebook today is more on the, on the traffic side. The other part of Facebook is probably like three main areas to sort of focus on. We've got like our, our setup and our admin part, how we actually set our page up and actually run it from day to day just as far as the mechanics and the, the maintenance side goes. We've got the engagement side. So this is our now posting articles and updates and things like that and actually getting people to engage with our message and, and comment and like and be part of it. And then the other big part here is, is the Facebook ads platform. So this is the paid advertising. So all the part here is free. This is the, the paid section of actually using Facebook as a, a paid marketing channel. So if, like any sort of Venn diagram, you know, if you've got these two things going on, you'll get a bit going on here and here. And also, if you can get all three happening and put your Facebook page in the middle there, you get the, the full effect from it. Um, all right, so now let's talk about the difference between personal pro profiles and pages. And we'll sort of come back to two of those questions there. On Facebook, there's a couple of different, I guess you call them entities, as far as what you can be on Facebook as. 
So the first one we're going to look at is a, a person, so personal profile. Okay, so for about 98% of people on Facebook, that's all they need to worry about in the news and things like that. So that's all your customers. And again, you know, kids, anyone like that, people are just using Facebook purely just to talk to their family and friends. That's all they're going to have. So when you join Facebook uh, and you go through, the, it'll ask you how old you are, whether you're male or female, where you went to school, all that stuff's under the personal profile. <clears throat> so if you find yourself filling out your business page and details, and it's asking you for the sex of your business and things like that, then you're in the wrong section. So just keep that in mind. So personal profiles are individual people. So all of us will have a, a personal profile on Facebook. And that's what we use, family and friends, sharing photos, checking in uh, at places, locations. That's all there. The next part here is the, the pages. Come back to that in a moment. And then there's another section I guess you call is groups. So you may be in a, a Facebook group. Is anyone in a, a Facebook group at all? Use that? Yeah, so they're pretty much a group of, of personal profiles, a group of people. Uh, anyone can make these. They can be free, uh, they can be open, they can be private. And it's just like a chat room, obviously, almost. So you have a couple of people in there, and as you update something, the other people in that group can see it. So it could be a, a soccer club, a mastermind group, um, a, a training group. It could be whatever. It could just be a group of employees for a company. So it's just a shared space on Facebook where people can sort of trade messages with, with group members. So we're not really going to use that one too much. What we're going to focus on today is mainly the, the actual public pages or the business pages. So these sit out here. And the reason, the heap of reason we're going to use this, one, the terms and conditions of Facebook basically say you're not supposed to be running a, a business as a, a personal profile. And uh, if we use Redcliffe Dolphins as a local example, when they first set up, their uh, page for Redcliffe Dolphins as a league club was a, a personal profile. So they had about 3,000 sort of friends on Facebook. Um, and so they could see all those 3,000 people updates. So when people put up, they had a birthday party coming on, things like that, whoever was running the Redcliffe Leeds Club could see all this personal information about all their 3,000 friends. Um, and then they obviously switched across to a page. So if you've got, you know, if you're getting a friend connection from a, a business, then that's kind of not really what you want to be accepting because you may know the person behind it, it might be your friend at the moment, but as their business grows, they're going to have people, different people managing their Facebook sort of presence and profile and things like that. So if you've got friends or you get connections from businesses asking to be a friend, that's kind of the, the wrong way to go about it. So terms and conditions of Facebook want us to have a, a Facebook page or a company page um, where we're doing a business or our, uh, like a celebrity uh, type setup on Facebook. So that's where we want to spend most of our time when we set our business page up. It's open for Google as well. So if you Google uh, for businesses and things like that, um, that'll actually be indexed, the updates and posts and things like that on, on the pages, whereas all this stuff here isn't so readily uh, accessible by search engines. That's another reason. You can also run Facebook ads on the pages. You can't on profiles. There's no limit to the number of um, fans or people who can like your business page. So. Personal profiles have got about 5,000 limit, so maximum 5,000 people can be your friend. Well, this one here, if you look at Coca-Cola and places like that, they've got millions and millions of uh, fans on their on their page. Hey, Beverly, how are you? So the big takeaway here that folks sometimes make a mistake of is one, setting up a personal profile when they should be a page, uh, but then also getting confused about if they're on Facebook as their 
person or as the, the page. So you can actually move around Facebook and visit Coke and all these different websites as you, as Jane, Mary, whatever your name is, or you can actually switch across, which is what Colin was talking about before. Yeah, grab a seat. And actually move around Facebook as your business page. So when you like someone's page, you'll actually do it as the, as the business. Now on a page you can have multiple admins. And again, if you're the business owner and you've got staff, you probably want to not be the person who's responsible for the day-to-day -day running of the Facebook page, just because it's not a good use of your time. You've got other bigger responsibilities. So you want to carve out the responsibility of looking after your Facebook page and hopefully push that down to an employee that you trust. Uh, but you obviously want to still be an, an administrator on that page so you've got control of it. So this is the idea. With a Facebook page, you can have multiple admins. Okay? So this might be person one and person two. So you might be person one and you're an admin of your company page. And you can set up one of your employees also to be an admin of that page as well. Now they... Yeah? They've got to come in through their own personal profile page. Yeah. So they could be on Facebook themselves. I mean, there are, there's a downside to that too. I remember on the weekend, listening to somebody who they had nothing to do with yeah. the fan page and they didn't know what was being put in there. And then they turned up at a function and uh, somebody said, oh, I like what you... They had no idea that somebody else was putting it on there. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so they had, they've got to be a bit, uh, a bit uh, cautious there in terms of get a much better feel for what people are putting on there or, yep. or certain instructions. Yeah, and that comes back to, you know, off Facebook, it just becomes you know, a business uh, issue of delegating a responsibility, a task, and, yeah, and then it's always your responsibility as a business owner to, for everything in your business. And, yeah, it obviously is to have some system in place of, of checking what they're putting up on it. But generally, as a business owner, you've probably got more things to worry about than updating your Facebook page from, from week to week. It's probably, I'll be trying to push that down to someone else's responsibility. But the thing to take away is that this person could also be an admin on as many other pages as they want to be. So this could be the, the school page. They might be a, uh, a soccer club page that they're an admin of as well. So a page can have multiple administrators of your business page and you and your employees can be administrators on multiple pages as well. So you can flip between being you, so between Mick Cullen, and being any number of different pages as well. So you can change between them. Now when you visit a business page, by default, you can't see whoever's behind it. Uh, so that gives you a bit of protection as a business owner if you don't want to be visible and if you don't want your employees to be out in the open as part of the Facebook page. Uh, when the people go to that page, it's impossible to backtrack to find out who you are. Um, but there is an option if you want to actually have yourself visible and have um, in the About page, uh, people actually know that, yes, you're the person behind it. You can link it back Why to your... Yeah, absolutely. And different different profiles are going to be different things. So you can imagine Telstra or, or something like that. Um, you know, in that situation, they may want to have a social media team visible on the back end, uh, or they may just want to leave it as a, a faceless corporate sort of page like that. Um, I'll just go with that. Uh, so the downside of that, of course, is if you stumble across a local page, and it could be whatever sort of. Uh, you know, promote such and such, any sort of page like that, you won't actually know who's behind it. So just uh, take things with a grain of salt. It could be a, a company who's running the page behind it and on the front of it, it looks like a um, sort of a community page or something like that. So just take that uh, as it goes. Um, any questions on that part of it? That kind of trips people up if they're, they're up and going 
when they're first using Facebook. Uh, some little setup things. Now when you go through the, the Facebook setup page and there's actually a button saying create page, it takes you through a whole heap of different widget steps. One of the parts that we'll get to, we'll talk about a username or a, an address or a web address for your page. If you don't fill anything in there and what used to happen by default is you'd end up with facebook.com forward slash pages and then about a string of uh, you know 10 or 12 numbers and then your company name at the end of that. So it was like a, a super long address, a web address. If you wanted to give it to someone to physically type in or go and find it, it just wasn't practical. You just couldn't give them that long address and no one would type that in. So in an ad, you'd have to say, find us on Facebook and just rely on them going to Facebook and doing a search for you, uh, which is not particularly um, effective. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a section called usernames. So if you go facebook.com forward slash username, Yeah, username. You'll get a section there where you can actually set that, that um, shortened URL. So instead of having that really long, big address, you can just have it down to facebook.com forward slash your business name. Um, and that's going to make it much easier to put on a business card um, or put in a, a newspaper or things like that. You send people directly to your address. And it looks better for your branding as well. So you'd have um, facebook.com forward slash, and use the flying company I'm with, so Aeropower. And then if you've got other social media uh, sites out there, you try and have the same username or the same end for all of them. So in this case, it would be facebook.com, and then you try and get Twitter. There is a site, isn't there, that you can go to, to um, which will actually test all that? Yeah, so I'll come back to that one. All right, so you would try and get an arrangement like that where all your social media handles were the same name instead of having different usernames on all the different social media sites. And in many cases, they're, they're first in best dressed. Um, so if someone else has already got it before you, unless you've got trademarks and things like that, you're kind of stuck. Uh, Colin was talking about a tool where you can go and check all these, so noam.com. You can go there and type in your little username that you want to try and grab, so your company name and abbreviation. And it will go out and check. No, yeah, K N O W E M dot com. Sorry, guys, just a quick um, if We're just going to do a quick shoot um, of um, our villager here uh, doing, a, doing a video. Um, maybe this won't be on camera. We can probably angle it so it's from behind if you want to. But oh, you can, are you cool please, put me up front. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anyone another one on camera? Don't need to worry about that. Okay, cool. Are you right for me? To yeah, yeah, absolutely. Come around and do what you want. And then we'll get you to talk. <laughs> uh, so noam.com is a website you can go and actually yeah, plug in whatever the, the short part of your business is. So I see Central, and it would come back with all the different social media websites on what sites that username has already been taken. And my suggestion is you go and grab for the big sites that you recognise the brand or the logo from, go and actually register an account with them and, and grab your desired username. Because once you've got it, at least you've got control of it. You don't have to do anything on that profile. You can just leave it blank. Or you can put up some dummy content and just say, uh, and link back to your website. But it's best to go and sort of squat those names. And then if you do need to use it later on, it's there for you to use rather than someone else come along and grab it. In which case you're then not going to, you know, someone else is going to have your preferred Twitter handle or you preferred username on Facebook. Um, so there's that one there. The other part of your Facebook page, 
or if we come back to the drawing on the actual page, let's go back over this side. Well, you guys tell me, what are the what are the parts of a Facebook page you see when you go there? What are the, the main components of a Facebook page? Yep, so at the top here, we've got a, a cover image. What else, what else would you see? Yep, so there'd be a little text box down here with some details in it. Yeah, so just more, I guess, talking about the, the big parts here. So we've got a, a box here. What's that one called? Yep. So a logo or a little picture of whatever you want to put there on the business page. And across here, we've got a couple of boxes. Anyone know what's in those boxes? Tabs. Tabs, yep. Like, following, message. Yeah. So they have a couple of default ones. So they used to be called tabs, and now I guess they're kind of called apps would be the, the terminology. So these ones here are your apps, and so you can add those ones. And one, by default, one of them will be your, your likes, uh, your photos, if you're running events, your events and things like that. But there is a whole, I guess, marketplace out there of, of free and paid apps where you can actually plug in extra functionality for your Facebook page. So you might want to have a newsletter sign up so you can go and use MailChimp or a, a software like that and actually put a tab here where people can click on the tab and then you actually get them to sign up straight from the Facebook page to your mailing list. Um, MailChimp.com is probably one to look at. It's just a free... Yep. Yep. A couple of different ways. You can do it from inside MailChimp itself and look for the, there's a, a section called integrations. And it will ask, it'll basically pop up with a, like a Facebook login integration section and it'll ask you to log in to Facebook and basically connect the two. So it'll ask you to connect your page to MailChimp so it has approval to, to use it. And that will add the MailChimp app here. Or, again, without having a screen up, there's a little drop down arrow. There'll be a little arrow here. You can have 12 apps on your page, but only the top row will ever be, be visible. So when you click that little arrow, it'll drop down like that. Okay, and normally all these will be blank if you're just starting out. And so you can basically click here and it'll say add app, and then you can go through and, and navigate and do a search for MailChimp. You can add the app that way as well. But I'd probably, for MailChimp from memory, I'd probably go that way first. So you, yeah, you can basically swap these around <clears throat> so you can decide which one you want to have. So if you've got a really low number of, <clears throat> of fans, uh, so if you're just starting out, you may want to actually hide the number of fans down into one of these apps here so it's not totally visible. Uh, because again, back from the social proof point of view, it's, it's much easier to get someone to like your page if you've already got 1,000 or 2,000 fans there than if you're at the, the 35. Yeah. And it depends on the market as well, but... Um, yeah, you know, if you're, a, if you're just starting out and uh, sometimes having a, a low number of fans can work against you. Uh, so depending on what else you've got to play with, you might want to have videos and photos and things like that up here and actually hide the fact that you've only got 27 fans like that and sort of... And then when you get a few more fans later on, you can push that back up the top if it helps you. Uh, but in many cases, it's probably more useful to put another app uh, there instead of the, the number of people who like your page. Um, 
With those, each app has a, a couple of little things you can change. So if you imagine we're sort of zooming in on one of these squares now. So it's the same thing, when you do that little drop down arrow to get the more options and you pull up your different apps, you'll be able to, there'll be like a little pen button where you can click on the app and actually edit that little app itself. And what you can generally do is you can change the name that appears underneath the, the app itself. So each one of these will have a little text description you can't fit much in there. I don't know what it is as far as characters go, but it's probably maybe 20 characters. It's, it's stuff all. Uh, so you can actually customise what you want that to say and have a little message there. And then you can generally change the picture that appears on, on the app there as well. Um, so you can replace the standardised picture that comes with the whatever is there with your little picture. So if you go to a like a large company or a company that's had some kind of like a social media management team or a branding team come on, you might find that all these apps look like a, the same sort of design feel. So someone's actually gone and designed the images for those apps and it probably blends in with the same colour scheme as what they have on their cover photos and their logos and things like that. So if this had a little bit more polished instead of sort of high, you know, random different colour apps, they might have a, const, you know, a, cons, a consistent sort of look and feel to all their app, app images. Sorry. Um, on, on the video? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, who wants to... Do you want to talk about Facebook? No. You know all about Facebook. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Yeah, cool. Okay. Well, maybe talk about the Fortnite sessions now, then, in between. We'll be... Yeah, we'll be back. But... Um, so, in, in, so, in a fortnight's time, uh, so every month is a, a meet-up group. So, if you look on the web at Redcliffe, as I say, we've got ideas for you now while you're running. Oh, okay, yeah, so recliffsocialmedia.com. Yeah, awesome, thank you. Um, yeah, the big monthly session is something that we're going to try and do. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. I apologise for having been in there. Oh, there. There you go, segue's done. <laughs> nice feeling, guys. Yeah. Nothing waiting. <laughs> we rehearsed that, didn't we? That's it. Take <laughs> turn. Uh, so we finished off just talking about the apps, so yeah, just know that you can actually change the image and the name that appears on those apps to, to fit a bit in. What you... Sorry, just... Yeah? Um, so you could have um, a, um, a front which could be your group, your um, group holder for, uh, for a company which can have a number of subsidiaries underneath there going through the, the tabs or through the app, so you can have a number of uh, different uh, um, you know, businesses underneath. Not really, no. Um, yeah, you could have, you could set up like different pages, like there's apps out there which allow you to basically import like almost like a web page and have it in there. So if you had different, maybe a better scenario would be products. If you had different products, you could use a custom app and it'd be almost like a, a little website page inside of Facebook where you could take them to there to maybe talk a little bit more about that particular product. But no, as far as, you know, you're going to, yeah, have the one brand, um, website. So now these are you can either run them almost like individual web pages inside of Facebook if you have the right apps for it, or as like sort of apps to do different tools. There's, there's a company called uh, Twenty Two Social, 
Yep.com, which uh, gives, you know, has a whole comprehensive um, yeah, list of apps and underneath there. A lot of apps are different, you know, within the apps. You yep. know, so you could have a sort of presence there if you wish to. Yeah. It's, getting the, it's getting the people from the, from the front through to the other person. That's the big thing as well, is, is very few folks know you can actually click that little down arrow and see all these other apps here. So for your, you know, for your general public, really, they're only going to see whatever you have on the top there. So you know, whatever you want to put front and center up there. What you can do is run ads directly to these other apps though. Um, so if there's an app here that you don't necessarily want to have appearing on the top row, but you do want to eventually get people there for a newsletter sign up or something like that, you can, so you can run Facebook ads to these individual apps themselves rather than taking them just to your Facebook page, you can take them straight to that particular app, if that makes sense. So well, I was just going to say, um, I'm not even sure if I've got a link to my website on my Facebook page. Yeah. Where would that go? Okay, so two places to put the, the website address. And again, it depends on what, um, there's a couple of different categories of page. When you set your page up, it could be like a local business, a company, a celebrity and things like that. Depending which one you choose, is going to give you slightly different information underneath the profile picture here. Uh, so for a, a, a local business, it'll have the street address and things like that. But if you can, and again, it'll truncate it. So in the back end here, there's another about page. We can put a heap of information about your business, your phone number and your contact details and your mission statement and all sorts of stuff. There's a little section there called about, a little text box where you can put some about information. And the, generally the first part of that will appear on the first page here. If it's too long, it'll just be cut off. So what you can try and do is tail that about so you can actually fit your website address in the top of your page here, just underneath your profile photo. So people can click on that text, take them straight back to your website from there. Um, again, it's pretty space limited. So uh, you may have to use like a shortened URL or just work out what you want to put in there. Uh, and again, depending on if you want to land them straight on your home page or if you've got a special offer running, you might be able to try and craft the offer in there with a link to that directly to that offer. There's another app called uh, Redirect, I think it is, where you can actually, and there's probably half a dozen apps to do the same thing, but you can convert this whole picture here. So when they click on it, instead of opening another Facebook app up, it'll take you straight to your website. So you can convert one of these into a, a link to your website. So the one top of my head I know is it's called Redirect. So if you look for Facebook Redirect app, um, you just install it as, as an app on your page and fill in the details and basically just has one variable which just says your website. Uh, when they click on that app, it'll take them to whatever address you have programmed in. So that would be the two places I'd use to get people to my website other than like your individual posts. Um, Danny, have you got any other way of doing it? No, you know? Uh, it's yeah. pretty much, yeah. yeah. Okay. The, um, so we've kind of talked about the setup and the admin side of things there. Uh, the only other one to know about uh, quickly there is linking your Facebook page to Twitter. There's different, I guess, opinions out there whether you should do it or not, but again, if you go facebook.com forward slash Twitter, Okay. Uh, like the username, you'll have a sort of menu come up and you'll be able to log into Twitter and be able to connect your Facebook page or your personal profile to an actual Twitter account. And that way everything you post on your Facebook page for your business will automatically be echoed out on, on the Twitter or on whatever account you have there. So there'll be, the arguments both ways, the arguments against it is that people who are kind of 
you know, social media purists or Twitter purists will say you should really tailor your message for the different places. And so what you might write on, write on Facebook, maybe it's not the, the right thing. You, you rephrase it or, or shorten it down to appear on, on Twitter. Uh, but for the small business owner who just doesn't have time to be on everything but kind of wants to have some kind of presence on Twitter, it's, a, you know, it's not a bad stopgap measure to set this up once, set up your Twitter account, and at least you've got something going out on Twitter even though all it is is you're just posting on Facebook and it's being echoed on Twitter. So at least you've got some kind of presence on two social media sites and all you really have to worry about is update your Facebook page. Um, it can, you know, again, if you're just starting out, it wouldn't really worry about it, but if you do go to a Twitter page and it, or they've never ever posted on Twitter and it just has link after link to their status updates on Facebook, it can, you know, if you, if you know your way around Twitter and things like that, it can be a little bit off-putting because you know they're not actually really on Twitter. Um, but look for a business starting out, I really wouldn't stress too much about that. Uh, but yeah, everything, like again, Twitter will only put out 140 characters, so if your Facebook message is a paragraph, it'll only have the first part of that text on Twitter and then a link to your Facebook post to read the rest of it, which is not a terrible thing because, again, it's pulling people off Twitter back to your Facebook page and, and bring some traffic back to Facebook. Um, so, yeah, I, so, I recommend doing it. So would that lead to a retweet situation where somebody, you know, yeah, absolutely. You've now got a link from sitting out there on Twitter, which would bring people back to your yeah, to your that's Facebook that's page. Where a message goes out to others, so they can likewise so get that. So it could work to your advantage to some degree. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like it, it still it gives you, it's putting your message in two places, but all you have to worry about is putting it in one. Once you set it up, it just runs on autopilot. So if you're, if you're starting out, um, you don't have time to be on everything all the time, then I'd, I'd set that up um, and, and do it that way. So that's kind of the quick and dirty um, setup part. Yeah. Can you touch on the value of this? We've, we've been pulled up by Facebook themselves numerous times with our banner. Yep. Um, and they keep changing the rules every other month on it. Yeah, yeah. Is how much text can be on your actual banner. And I think it's important because we, we see a lot of our clients, when we get their Facebook pages, um, can have whole stories on these banners. And they're actually breaching the rules on I think it's changed again, but yeah, you're absolutely right. So um, if you go back three months ago, there was a, a limit. So this is your cover image. There's a restrictions on what you could actually supposed to have in there. And the same if we go back even further, you weren't supposed to run competitions on your Facebook wall. So it's a bit of a, a situation where Facebook's so massive that it's, you know, how, are they actually going to find your page to penalise you? Um, can I say yes? Yeah, they run an al yeah, algorithm and picks it up. All the time. Yeah, you still, when was the last time you got done for it? Oh, two weeks ago. Really? Okay, because yeah. Facebook are real, they're real people. Yeah. Because you, you couldn't used to have... You couldn't used to put um, call to actions, website addresses, or more than 25% text in the, in the big cover image. And, and what they're after is they want... A, a, it's a balancing act for Facebook, because obviously they make money from businesses. Otherwise, that's the only reason they can keep the thing running and afloat and make profit for their shareholders now. But if they go too much to the promotional side and too much supporting businesses, then they lose the customer base, which is the average user. So what they kind of want is when people go around Facebook, it's big, bright photos, it's really engaging, it's like a, you know, a really glossy newspaper. 
And so if websites and businesses just had this full of sales text, like a, a newspaper ad, it would kind of detract from that experience. Um, so they had one set of rules at one stage to try and push that. They just wanted you to have you know, big graphical cover images and things like that. So they had these limitations on it. I thought they had removed, I'll have to check it again, they might have put it back in. Yeah, yeah, but now, um, yeah, I recommend putting in your website address uh, in the image itself. Put the text of the, of the website address just as another branding tool. And again, even a call to action. You know, if you've got a special deal on or if you've got something you can offer for a newsletter sign-up, advertise it in the, in the banner. Um, but it's a balance because um, obviously you, when people land on that page straight away, you've got like that, that fraction of a second that they need to be able to grab straight away what you do and what your page and company is about and kind of leave them in a good feeling that they may actually like and, and want to sort of get more information from you. So yeah, balancing act between trying to drag people off Facebook back to your website and that whole branding and experience type thing. But yeah, good chance. It does change all the time, but um, I, I thought they'd almost... I go on open slather with it at the moment. Um, so you used to just put your tagline in that banner. Basically, the banner's got your company name, your website address, and your tagline. All that first. Look, you can, use, you can do whatever you want, but you didn't used to be able to do some of those things. But yeah, look, I, I would, you know, and again, it's got to fit in with the rest of the image, yep. but I'd probably put your website address somewhere on that graphical banner uh, because, it, again, unless you've got a shopping cart set up or things like that, at the end of the day, the whole reason we're doing this is to get some kind of cash exchange and purchase at the end of it. Um, and a lot of the time, it's not going to happen on Facebook. That's going to happen on your website or, or on a phone call or somewhere else. Uh, so coming back to this traffic versus conversion part, your conversion part is probably going to be your website or it could be a telephone number. So Facebook's great for traffic, but it's no good just having a busy Facebook page for the sake of it. We're, we've got to have it do something and, and end up as a, a, a transaction, a business transaction at the end. So yeah, look, I'd be doing everything I could to get them off Facebook, back to your website and onto an email database, something like that. So, so can that turn, you know, can that be a live um, or If they wanted to go to your website, you want to be able to search No, so it's just an image. Yes. Is there any part on there other than what you spoke of? Uh, no, so if you can fit in the text there, you can get it as a clickable link. And again, if you use one of those redirection apps, yeah, but no, because again, Facebook wants to keep people on Facebook, so you're kind of yeah, trying to... Really, yeah, yeah. Uh, And so, I mean, because of most, there's something like 40 to 50 percent of all transactions, all, but viewing is taking place on mobile. I mean, obviously, they've got to design their, their page so that it makes it receptive and yep. very quick. So part of that would be, I would think, <coughs> they don't want a massive text because it's so much, it'll, it'll just flow all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, you know, that's maybe why they want to, because I know with ads, isn't it, no more than 20% can be text. Depends, yeah, it depends where they appear. So I'll jump on ads next, because, yeah. Um, yeah, the same 25% text comes up in a, in a few different places. So, all right, let's, let's move on from the setup. So obviously there's different bits and pieces there. Just, and a lot of those jobs are just a one-off, just getting the thing set up and doing it. Um, and then you've got moderation things at the back end. So you can delete, if people put posts up you don't want them to, you can ban them and you can delete the posts and you can control it from that aspect. Um, I haven't seen the latest, but there was a bit of a worry that, uh, especially in Australia, there's a, for things like libel and, and things like that, that you're kind of responsible, just as if you had a shop and someone came along the front and did graffiti on the shop that was um, you know, damaging someone's reputation, things like that, because that's your shop front and you have the ability to go out and clean that off, there's kind of an obligation on you. You can't just leave that up there for weeks. You've got to go and do it. It's a, it's a bit grey, but 
there could be something similar with your Facebook page where you actually have the control to pull things off your Facebook page. And so someone went out and, and wrote stuff on your Facebook page that was uh, defamatory and things like that because you're the, the entity in charge of that page. It's a bit grey on responsibility, things like that. So, uh, yeah, there's something dodgy on your page and people put up, yeah, just delete it and ban them. Um, engagement is probably a, another section we'll skip quickly there, but this is trying to post pictures and texts and videos and things like that to get people to actually interact with your page. There's a, a thing on Facebook called um, EdgeRank, and the easiest way, EdgeRank, EdgeRank. The easiest way to see it in action is if you look at your page, because uh, you won't see the stats for other people, but say you've got a thousand people like your page, so up top of the page where it says little likes, there's a thousand people like your page. And you go out today at lunch or whenever it is and you put up a new photo, things like that. Down in the, the post section, so there's your photo or the post you've made. Underneath it, you'll have the likes and comments and shares, but there'll be some little stats <coughs> down here saying how many people have actually seen your posts or the reach. And what you'll probably find is it's only going to be about 300 or so by when all things being, being normal. I don't know if you get about 30%, what sort of stats you get in yours. But yeah. So that's the other thing to take away is that when you're doing advertising or paying people to like your page and all those sorts of things, every post you send out gets throttled down. So for a school, things like that, it's hopeless for a school messaging system because if you say school's off tomorrow, you know, even if you've got your whole or your parent body uh, liking the page, they won't see that message come through on their Facebook news feeds. Uh, only about, you know, about 30%. And it's going to depend. Yeah, and for the big, big pages, you know, with millions of fans, is a, a massive hassle for them too. Because you can imagine having 20 million fans and only having a fraction actually see it. And if you spend a heap of money advertising in magazines and all that sort of stuff to get people to like your Facebook page, that's a bit of a, you know, a downside there too. So that's the other thing just to take away with Facebook is. Uh, yeah, it, it, just because you post something on Facebook doesn't mean the people who like it will actually see it. So, yeah. Yeah, they've actually, the, the Facebook's pretty smart because we, we probably invest uh, maybe a thousand dollars a month in advertising in Facebook yep. themselves. But we were really we're talking to Facebook themselves, they've now got for your boost, if you want to boost the post, you can actually choose to either boost it towards your fans. Yep. We'll boost it to outside fans. So we boost it to our own fans. Yep. And that's the only way, and out of that we get about a 70% reach rather yeah. than the 35% reach. Yeah, and, and look, some folks get really up in arms about the fact you've actually got to pay to, to reach your fans because you've spent that money and time and effort attracting them in the first place. But if you can still compare it to other advertising channels, even paying to get your posts out there is still pretty effective. And the other thing, as you'll know, is that like the people who like your page are a really targeted mob. So the same thing, if you've got a local um, I don't know, auto mechanic business and you've got a thousand fans, well, that's a really targeted audience. You can't go out and, and you know run an ad in the newspaper or on a TV or a radio and reach a, such a targeted audience. So even if you've got a thousand people, there are a thousand people who are more likely to be customers than anyone else. Uh, so still, you know, effective actually paying to reach the rest of them. Um, the more people who like that post and comment and share it and things like that, then obviously that reach will go up and you can actually get, even if you've only got 1,000 fans, you can actually get you know, 2,000, 3,000, whatever. So this, this post could actually go out to more than that people just by social sharing and things like that. But by default, if you don't get a lot of engagement on it, it's not going to go that far. So where does the edge rank come in? Do you, can you check with them? Um, well, no, edge rank basically is what's culling that down. So. The way it works is 
and again, the stats change, but they say the, the average Facebook user has about 150 uh, friends and they might like about 80 pages over time. So you can imagine that's like 250 things creating posts that all have to try and fit in that new stream that you see when you log in first to, to Facebook. And again, if you had all that stuff coming in, you probably, it's not as personalized now as what it would, you know, what it could be. And so you're not getting a great Facebook experience. And so people would go elsewhere to get their social news and things like that. So what Facebook does is they go, okay, well, the people are probably going to be more interested in seeing photos from their family and friends than anything else. Um, so we're going to prioritize the photos that appear in your news stream to be from your family and friends. And then, you know, fit other things in around that and ads and things like that. Where EdgeRank comes in, and this is oversimplified because it's become much more kind of complicated, but at a big ballpark, there's sort of three parts to EdgeRank. So one, you've got, um, let's say, weighting, decay, and affinity. Now, there's about, you know, like Google's become more complicated. This is much more complicated now than these three things. But essentially, what used to happen, and it varies all the time, but you could kind of say that if you put a video up, the video would tend to be seen by more people than a picture and then by a text. And it, it, it's always changing, but that was kind of, when this first was done, that was kind of the idea. So um, the, the type of content you put up will, will have a different weighting of how many people will see it. So whether you're doing text updates only, a big picture or, or a video. Decay happens that, like all of us, when you check the news, it's because you want to get the latest news. So if you post something in the morning, people who check Facebook in the afternoon are very unlikely to see it. So the older the post gets, the less people will, will see it. So that's the decay side of things. So with that, you want to try and work out when people are most active uh, in your market. It might be they check Facebook after dinner, um, whenever that is, and you want to try and post when that time is. So when they're checking their news feed, there's less delay between when you posted and they checked it, so your, your decay is less. And then the affinity part comes back to uh, kind of like a, a network effect. So take Coca-Cola Facebook page or Pizza Hut or whatever you want to use. So take a BMW. If you like every single post that you see come through your newsfeed about BMW and you comment on it and you share it and things like that, what that's doing is it's building up a stronger connection between your personal profile and the... BMW page. Okay, and this one here might be Telstra, I don't know. Right, you know, company X. So every time you like and comment or share a post on this page here, it's building up a, a bigger bond between your two uh, graph points. And if you hardly ever interact with that page, you're going to have a really weak link to that page. So it's more likely you're going to see updates from BMW than you will from that page. So as a business owner who's running your own page, if no one's liking it, no one's commenting on it, no one's sharing your updates, then you've just got a really weak link with those thousand or so people, whoever it is who like your page. So you're less likely to actually get your updates into their new streams by default. So if you post something, it doesn't necessarily... So say you've got a thousand people liking it. Yeah. And you're saying, well, this is the case, then it'll flip down their page. Will it still be on everybody's page, though? No. Are you saying it doesn't actually it doesn't, even, doesn't even make it to the, to the newsfeed. It's the same with the friends, Sister Screen's saying as well. Because you often get people saying, oh, I need a bullet. Yeah. And they have to go and click on... Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's not guaranteed that 
that your connections will see stuff. So no. So the percentage of reach uh, not change in terms of numbers, whether you got a hundred or ten or a thousand. I think it's worth. I think it's worth the bigger the page gets. I, I can't. I can't remember the last. Uh, Dan's not in his head, but yeah, the last stuff I remember reading was like this is worse for the big pages than it is for the smaller pages. Well, what's forced us to do, Mick, is we actually have to be more active because we've, we've got over probably six thousand likes yep. on our pages. We actually have to become more active with communicating back and forth to other people's faces. Uh, Facebook pages, so we've got to go and comment on theirs, mm. which generates activity back to our page so that they go, oh, my town's uh, said something to us, they go back to us, so we're trying to build that link yep. um, more aggressively as well, yeah. Yeah. So, and communications are the only way you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of pages will you know, share each other's posts and things like that, a bit of a community effect, but um, yeah, generally. So what you want to try and do is, is you guys are home, home security cameras, was it the, um, or CT, yeah, CCT? Yeah, so it's going to be hard to, to push your actual product itself on Facebook, but things about home safety, like all those, all that extra, like the, the step out, the layer out from... Yeah, but you almost want to make it less about CCTV and more about um, security and things and safety. And so it could be, you know, going away on holidays, 10 things to make your home more secure on, you know, rather than pushing the core product, I think you have to push the... The, the next ring out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, make it more about personal safety than about CCTV video. So, um, how are we going for time? Next. Uh, okay, so that's engagement. Facebook ads are kind of probably the most advanced advertising system on the planet. They're just absolutely incredible. Um, so the section on the right-hand side of your Facebook page will say, you know, do you want to turn this particular post into, a, into an ad or there's actually an ad section where you can go in and create your ads from scratch. Uh, so you can put an update out for a picture or a post and then actually advertise that particular post. So a couple of different options. You can hit the boost button, um, which most folks kind of say not to, like the advertising guys say, don't hit the boost. You're better off actually going and creating a proper ad for that. Um, or you can actually just go and create an ad from scratch where you choose a photo to put up and then the text and, and the link. And again, whether you want them to come and like your page, uh, whether you want them to drive them to the website, it gives you different options of what sort of output you want. But um, to give you a scenario, it's probably just the easiest thing that Tom had left is, say you wanted to run ads to females in Redcliffe, say within 20 kilometres, I can't remember if it's 20 or 25, between the age of 18 and 30, who are university graduates. Yeah, you can build things onto that. So you can run ads so they only show to people who, who match that criteria. So if you've got a product, so say you go and get an advertising bus around town here, you pay to advertise on the bus. You're showing it to school kids, uh, grandparents, males, females. You're showing it to everyone and you're kind of paying for that. Whereas with Facebook ads, you only pay for the exact people you want to reach. Now, there's different ways to run your ads. So one is in the news feed itself. So as people are checking their family updates and things like that, they'll actually see your ad appear in the news feed. And you'll, at the top, you'll see a little sponsored. Um, so that's how you tell if it's a paid ad or not when it's in your news feed. If you're going to use an image there, again, that's maximum 25% text on that image. 
Um, so you'll have a little bit of text as in like the, the ad copy, like words, and then you have your photo. Um, but yeah, again, for that whole experience type thing, um, they want big photos and things like that. So you're limited to 25% text. And they actually run a computer algorithm on that. So you might get approved for a couple of hours until the algorithm catches up and checks your photo. And then you'll get an email back saying your ad's been disapproved. Uh, and there's a tool where you can actually load your photo up into their little tool and it just has check boxes on it like this. And you basically work out if more boxes than 25% have a, a letter in it, then your ad will be disapproved. So it may just be a matter of moving your words <laughs> like 10 pixels to the left or the right just to get it fit in, in your boxes. That could be the difference. But that's the limit of that one. The other place you'll see the ads is over on the right-hand side of your news stream like that. These ones you won't see on mobile phones. These ones you will. So that's, a, again, more and more people are starting to use it on mobile phones. You kind of have to look at the news stream ones. But these ones here are on the side and you can have as much text as you want. But they're, they're pretty little photos on those ones. Uh, different ways you can run it. Um, easiest one is cost per click. So you're only going to pay if someone clicks on your ad. So if you put your $50 in or $100 or $10, whatever you put in for your budget, no one clicks on your ads. It hasn't cost you anything on cost per click. So you're only paying when someone comes through. Or in this case here, this would probably come out at, I'm guessing probably less than 1,000 people. Okay. So you could run, in this case, what they call a cost per thousand, or a CPM. So Every time your ad displays to people in that group um, a thousand times, so every time it's shown to a thousand people or, or this ad's been shown, then Facebook will actually charge you. And you might pay, I don't know, 16 cents? Something like that. So even if no one clicks on your ad, you're still being charged. But the thing is that if, if you have a really good ad and a really tightly focused audience, you can have lots of people clicking on your ad, but you're still only paying 16 cents. So it doesn't matter how many people click on your ad, still only paying the 16 cents. So then, so we're going to take them to our website. Okay, and you land them on whatever page you want to do. And again, rather than just dumping someone on your homepage from an ad, you want to take them to the exact page on your website that relates to what that ad was about. So even if you just create a new web page, you want to make everything, that whole funnel, as specific as possible rather than just dumping them on your home page and hoping they can find where they want to go. Now there was a, there's a thing called uh, FBX, the Facebook sort of ad uh, marketplace, and we couldn't used to do this ourselves. You had to go through some really big companies to get this done. But now what you can do is from the Facebook ads program, you can get some code for your website, and you can tag the people who come through on your website now and put them in an audience. And this becomes one of your targeting options now. So now you can run ads just to the people who have been to your website. So new ad. So you can run ads just to people who have been to your website and then you can do all your targeting options again. So you can have an ad running to people who have been to your website but aren't Facebook fans. And so you can just hammer them with an ad saying, hey, you visited our website, why not become a Facebook fan as well? <coughs> as soon as they become a Facebook fan, they no longer see that ad. Um, no, you won't see name by name. It's all, it's all anonymous. Uh, you'll just see uh, clicks and engagement. Yeah, so if this goes into a into a pool. Um, you can't see who's in there, uh, but you can target ads to those people. 
And you can. And where do you access that, that FX? No, it's now in the targeting options under audiences. Right. So you can build a custom audience, and one of those custom audiences you now build is, is, is web page visitors. So you're showing an ad to someone who's already been to your, to your website, and you can even tail it down to the fact that if they went to the Red Shoes page on your website, you could run Red Shoes ads just to the people who went to the Red Shoes page on your website. So it's like ridiculously targeted. And it's cheap. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's rejected. Yeah. Um, oh, my brain is just going round and round and round. <laughs> it might be easy to say, how much do you charge an hour and come to you? And then no. you it. It's all fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's pretty much as we'll, much as we can fit in for, for that, I reckon. Um, all right, well, yeah, thanks, folks, for thank coming you, out. Thank you very thank much. You, So, in terms of this, whatever fortnight you're doing this, is it? No, I think there'll be something on every... There you have it, folks. I hope there was some really good information there and you're able to take away a few points. And again, it's all about implementation. So, you can listen to these types of training and get ideas. But in the next couple of days, see if there's something you can't actually put into practice directly in your business and get an effect from it. If you're struggling with your online marketing or you want to find out ways of doing it better, head over to Redcliffe Marketing Labs com.au or just search in Google for Redcliffe Marketing and uh, there's material there and be you know my absolute passion to be able to help you uh, advertise and promote your business so you can get in contact with customers that really need uh, what you offer or, or what you do for people. So Redcliffe Marketing Labs, I'm Mick Cullen from Redcliffe Marketing and wishing you an awesome day. Cheers.